office this morning. Um, and you know, if you're uh, a, a regular here at Connect, you know, usually we're very excited and laughing and we're probably singing some 80s song. Um, but to be honest, this morning, it's not that morning. Um, this week hasn't been that week um, for, for uh, our community. Um, for our nation, our world today, there's, um, it's been, this week's been a, a week of pain, and loss, and hurt, and anger for so many in our world, and we feel it this morning, um, and we've been feeling it all week, uh, from, you know, for, for the people in Indianapolis, uh, who experienced such loss this week, um, for our, our black community who, again, are trying to navigate, babe, like loss and pain through, you know, the another yet another shooting in Minnesota and, and, and in Chicago with Dante Wright and Adam Toledo, the, still trying to navigate uh, the uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, uh, Chauvin case is going to, to trial, which I mean, going to the jury, which yeah. is leading to unexpected, you know, there's this. Yes. Uh, un, unexpected uh, weight um, of worry, of uncertainty, um, you know, still with our, our AAPI community. Uh, the, just time to every time I look on the, every, time. every time. Every time. These despicable attacks, this, this ridiculous uh, racial hatred that our uh, AAPI community is facing. You know, I, um, to li just living in a nation, we're, we're, we're getting close to 600,000 people dead from COVID. Uh, living in a nation where we just went through, I, I was blown away, what, 45 mass shootings. We've had 45 mass shootings in the last 30 days. Like, and, and it's like as if it's, that's just, all right, I guess it's just another mass shooting. And, and you know, look, my friends, no matter where you stand on the political aisle this morning, the thing that's common in every one of these situations is that they're all people. people. The real People. people. With real families, real friends, connected to real communities, yes. they they they're they're loved by God. They 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 Jesus died for them. We just celebrated that, right? He, we he they're 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 people that bear His fingerprint, and in each of these situations, people are hurting, communities are hurting, um, and it's and it's compounded hurt. And I know you're going to talk about compounded grief a little bit today, but there's just compounded on top of everything and. Before I go any further this morning, if, if you are in any of those communities and, and that are hurting, I, I want to first say that I'm so sorry for your pain, for so sorry for your loss. And Dee and I, we've been mourning with you um, this week, and we're going to continue to mourn with you because the Word says uh, that, look, we mourn with those who mourn. Um, and that's just a reality because of love. And I, I, I believe that Jesus is, is the hope. Of the world. I believe he's the only hope for our community, and I believe he turns ashes into beauty. But before he turns ashes into beauty, there are ash moments. He acknowledges that it's ash. These are ash moments for people. And if you're in that ash moment this morning, it's okay. Thank you for being here, even in yes. that ash moment. Thank you yes. for showing up today. And, and if you're not finding yourself today in that situation where you might not be in that ash moment, can I encourage you to stand and to be with those who are to pray, to maybe mourn with them, to bring comfort this morning, because I assure you, uh, God cares. God cares. And so should his people. He cares about these acts. He cares about the hurt. He cares about the pain. And so should his people.
And so this morning, that's where we are. It's just where we are. We're going we're gonna to bring a word. Uh, we're going to pray for people this morning. Uh, we're going to pray for uh, our communities that are hurting. Um, and and we're, we're going to bring up, because the word brings hope. The spirit does bring hope. Do you not? not we're, 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 yeah, I think we've been talking this week about, I mean, not this week, but just forever, but especially this week, that um, I think that there is, it's very important, uh, a very important reflection of um, biblical wholeness yes. to not jump to the expectation of healing when someone is currently on fire. Obviously, everyone hopes that when, if there is a burn victim, yes. that that initial burn will be put out. Yes. And even though we can technically know that that might be their very first day towards recovery, right? Yes, yes, in a correct. very long process. But we're, we, I think that we use the concept of healing. Uh, it's almost been, and forgive me for the usage of the word because it's overused, but we've weaponized it. Yeah. We've weaponized the concept of healing and we think that we're handing people hope. And the greatest way that God ever handed anyone hope was himself. Yeah. He handed us himself. And through him, and as a yielding to him in time, there is the opportunity to know healing, even on this side of the veil. Absolutely. And so this Absolutely. morning, as we... It, it, we are messy. Yeah. Because Kyle and I are <laughs> in the midst of the undoing. And I don't mean what's happening in our culture. I'm talking about us. We are in the middle of a spiritual and a racial and a relational undoing. So it is um, in our humanity, I would not want to lead through something while I'm going through something. Yeah, right, the, exactly. the same something. Right. Because I would feel that God would need to let me be outside of the realm of the effect of it emotionally in order to lead people through it purely. But all I see is God's holiness on all of us as a collective people. And he's going to have a covering and he's going to buffer yeah, us correct. when we fumble correct. things and yep. mess things up. And, you know, last night we were talking about um, something that I carry in me about wanting to have uh, a time of lament in the church when we open the building back up and having... I, I don't want to use the word service because that's not what I'm seeing as far as like a regimented, but like like a gathering to, of lament. It took place in the word. Yeah. It takes place beautifully inside yeah. of our black and brown communities. And it yet has not yet been fully present in our community as a church I'm talking yeah, about. Church community. And so I have this concept of even just feeling inadequate to lead a prayer like that yeah. because of other things getting in the way. So I just pray that you walk with us, no matter where you are on that journey. I yeah. pray that you keep walking because um, an awareness is not an arrival. Correct. Good. Dee. So if we have are beginning to have awareness, it, we have not arrived at the awakened station. We yeah. are still in movement. So we are going to pray together today as a train. Yeah. And there's going to be some of you that have more power behind some of the cars than other. Yep. And I pray that that collective power gets us eventually to a destination. Absolutely. Look, prayer works. And, and we believe in it. And, and Dee's going to lead us in that prayer in just a second. And I want to encourage, look, if you are here for the first time, you're a guest this morning. I'm really glad you're here today. Yes. Um, and, you know, the truth is this is what connects about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, 
we're, we're struggling being in a studio today, not being live, uh, not being able to see people's faces as we go through, through all this. Um, but we know, we know God's in it. And uh, we, we, we we're believing that God is moving. And we believe, uh, you know, just as a, a quick update on, on the, the church, things are moving quickly now, more quickly now. And, and I'm so thankful for everyone who's been coming out. But if you are a guest today, would you just let us know? Just check out the Linktree app there. We'd love to hear your story. But just know, um, this, is what we're, this is who we are. Um, and church is messy, and spiritual life is messy, and community life is messy. But the one thing that we are, uh, more than anything, is we're going to be real with you. We're going to be authentic with you. And we're going to love our people. We're going to love our community with the love of Jesus Christ. Because love is the answer uh, in all of this. So, um, do you know that the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn around from the way they've been walking, um, then I will hear their prayer, and 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 I will I will hear their land. And repentance re has has many aspects of yep. it, and, and and this is just one more moment moving towards that. Yeah. So can would you lead yeah. us in the prayer? Yeah. Adonai, we lift you high. Yes, we do. We lift you above our understanding. We lift you above our strength. We lift you above our capacity. We lift you above our human voice. Hallelujah. We lift you above our pain. We lift you above our confusion. Yes. We lift you above our anger. We lift you above our division. God, we lift your name, Adonai, yes. high. And we will continue to lift your name higher yes. and higher and higher and it is to that God that we make ourselves vulnerable and open and transparent and we ask you to look at us as a people as a person as a nation and we beg of you Lord Jesus to come to come and pour yourself and nothing less than yourself upon our land I pray that with yourself comes a breaking in the area of our compassion God that we are not so quick to defend ourselves, but we are first bare before you to be compassionate to one another. Father, I pray that you come and do the work that only you can do, that voices that have been asking for your help would now allow you access to bring that help. Yes. God, I pray that I would not change myself mm. according to my own understanding, yes. but I would create enough space inside of my hatred that you could bring love. Yes. And it is your love that will open me up for true understanding. And God, that is the space I ask you to help us create in all of ourselves today, God. Not just empathy, but pure love. Your kindness brings us to repentance. And so today, Father, I pray that you would help us and lead Kyle and myself well through the path of repentance to your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. You said, I don't know. He is Lord. He is sovereign king. And we're believing that over your life today. We're believing it in our nation today. I know that there's a lot of, uh, of fatigue, pandemic fatigue, um, everything, you know, everything tension, all of it. But you know what? My God is a refresher. 
My God is the restorer. We cannot be led by our flesh. We cannot be led by, by our carnal yeah. frustration. We've got to be led by the spirit. The flesh, the word says, brings death. The spirit brings life. That's not just about spiritual, I mean about uh, principal truth. It's about us in our lives and everyday truth as well. So, hey, look, today we want to encourage you. We want to encourage you with the word. Um, and the word brings life. Jesus brings life. Uh, even in these situations. And as we continue to, to, we're not just responding to this moment, we're, we're responding to a bigger picture of how we believe God is using and going to use Connect Church and our lives as Connect Church in um, bringing healing to our, our communities, our communities. Um, and so, uh, because you have your Bible, why don't you open with me to Philippians chapter 1, Philippians uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, uh, all written by the Apostle Paul. Um, do you, in Forge, we as men, we've already gone through this just a little bit ago. I know, ladies, you guys yeah, are in the midst in of it right now. Yeah, and, 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 and shoulder to shoulder, our women's discipleship's in it this week. Um, and if you need a title for today's message, it's Take a Seat. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like, take a seat, mm -hmm. right? But this is much more about offering somebody to take a seat. Um, and uh, in the midst of this week, the, I, was, um, I, I came across this story and uh, I was encouraged by it because in the midst of, it's what God does so often, in the midst of pain and heaviness, he brings about encouragement. Yeah. And um, I, I, I came across this story where a 79-year-old 70, Rita was, uh, was, was uh, in an elevator with 23-year-old Caesar, right? And uh, they found themselves in the same elevator going up and they got trapped uh the elevator got stuck which is i know your worst <laughs> nightmare on the planet right mm -hmm. trapped in the elevator the only thing that would make it worse for me would be snakes right i'm fine right. with the trapped in the elevator but right. snakes right. That, so they're trapped in this elevator and she starts to worry she starts to really be afraid because she doesn't feel like she can stand that that yeah. for a long time she says that and this 23 year old caesar he hears her her fear and he he, he just says, look, don't worry. And he gets on his hands and knees and he creates a seat for her to sit down. And she sits on him, on his back, for 30 minutes until the elevator gets unstuck. And, and, and I was just, I was blown away. I don't know about you, but I was blown away um, by this story. Because in this story, he, he doesn't ask, uh, he doesn't ask her, why, why can't you stand? Right. You know, what do you expect me to do about it? That's right. not really my issue, right? right? Um, why didn't you buy a walker? Because she has a walker, right? She has a walker. Why didn't you buy a walker with a seat on it? Mm -hmm. By the way, which was in the comments multiple times, blaming her, blaming her family, all about that. He didn't ask any of that. He simply saw somebody who was in pain. He simply saw somebody who was in need, who was hurting. And he created a seat to ease her pain. He got on his, he got his hands dirty. He got a little uncomfortable. He 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 bore the weight, and he created a seat. And he said, "Take a seat." And I, I thought, man, this is what Jesus did for me. This is what he still does for all of us. He he created a seat for us to to be able to rest our lives on Him. Created a, a space where we could come with our pain. In our brokenness, and he just said, "Take a seat. I'll carry it." And then, and he gives us this place where, of grace, he creates space of grace where we can, until we get unstuck by his Holy Spirit, yeah. right? And and I just, and I'm just, and I'm just thinking, this this is Jesus. This is 
This is grace. This is what love looks like. This is what the kingdom looks like. How different would our world be? How different would our lives be? How different would church be if like Caesar, if like Jesus? We would just say, you know what? I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm a little bit, be a little bit uncomfortable. I see someone in pain. I don't need to even know why they're in pain. I don't even need to justify. Or I just, I'm just going to create a seat and say, come on. I can help carry the weight for a while until the Holy Spirit, so the love of God can get you unstuck. That's what Jesus does. And you and I have been talking about that kind of church for a long time. Like it's been, we were just saying like over a year ago, we were still, we've been talking because this is what church, this is what connects should look like because this is what God's people should look like. Helping create a seat in our community for people who are in pain. And that's what the this this text is about. And you, you know, the truth is today, you may be one of those people who say, I'm not really in pain today. Today. But there's a spiritual principle that says you will reap what you sow. And we want to sow love and grace into a community around us. Because that's what we have reaped from our king. In Philippians 1, chapter 8, I'm going to read from New King James Version. Dee's probably going to refer a little bit to the NLT, but this is what Paul says about it. He says, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all the affection, all the love of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense, until the day Jesus comes back. Until the day Jesus, come on. Um, we always talk a lot about context uh, when we're reading the Word because uh, it's dangerous to uh, make the Word say something that it doesn't say. And so, you know, when we, it's, it's like I had mentioned it earlier, our shoulder to shoulder ladies are actually going to be, they happen to be in this same Yeah, right, right, right exactly, week, exactly. So it's extra special. Um, but we've been studying, um, we've been studying the word um, in its true context, right? Mm -hmm. Through shoulder to shoulder, as you did with Forged. And so, um, the thing about this particular verse is that um, he actually means what he said. So, like, <laughs> we, we don't have to. He's not really right. talking about other things. He's talking about like the things that really matters. What he says. So, I want to read it to you. In the NLT and I want you to hear this um, in terms of what we are going through racially um, culturally nationally globally and I just want you to hear that not through like oh to be better Christians but I just right, I want right. you to hear this up against the backdrop of what it can also be applied to so Paul says to them God love God knows how much I love you so I would see that as like the first thing that God caught my attention with is that a lot of times I'm not always connecting to someone from love. Yes. I might connect to them from a place of empathy. I might com uh, even even connect with them from a place of shared experience. Yes. But that's not the same as love. Yes. So he sets a table that we shouldn't read over as if it's just rhetoric. So he says, God knows how much I love you. And I long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. So now we see a layer to that love is now a supernatural compassion 
that comes as a result of that love. It's not my compassion Correct. that, oh, I really have, oof, for your, for your plight. It is a holy compassion. And then he says, I pray that your love, that love that you have, will now overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Think racially, relationally, yes. culturally, globally right now. Yep. So that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Mm. So everything that really matters and everything that would help you to live a pure and blameless life, I want that to be yours through love. Yes. The love will bring the compassion and I want that love to overflow so that your understanding and your knowledge abounds. So when I read it in context of everything that all of the multiplied pains that we are surrounded with is happening, I started to see yet another failure in myself as a Christian, as a white Christian, as an American white Christian. Remember, we've talked several times now over the year about being uh, an American Christian yeah. versus a Christian yep. American. Yep. And it was revealing to me because I saw that I have tried to have racial and relational understanding based upon me understanding a situation. Yes never realizing truly that what I thought, what I, what I attributed to myself as I've already understood that <laughs> was coming through such a tainted lens of my own experience, my own privilege, my own culture, my own life that has afforded me my own strengths. Yeah. And I was using that lens yep. to translate to me to better understand and to have greater compassion. It wasn't from a place of starting with, I love you. We are not the same. And I see that I have experienced, I have experienced so many greater opportunities, eases than you have in your life. Yeah. And from that place of love, I am going to open myself and lower my guard because that's what love does. It lowers our guard enough to come to terms with our realities. Yep. And I'm going to let myself feel the compassion, not that the world tells me I should have or that you tell me I should have, but truly a compassion that there is no nozzle to turn off because once I start to experience it, it's holy because yes. it's God's compassion. And I'm going to sit with that for as long as it convicts me. For as long as it testifies to me, for as long as it witnesses to me, for as long as it needs to change me, and I'm going to sit with that compassion, and I'm going to let that compassion grow into understanding and depth of spiritual knowledge so that I then can become pure and be changed yes. by what matters yes. the most to my God. Yes. And that is the piece that I think so many of us are missing. We are trying to translate pain through our own lens of being unbroken in those same areas. Yes. And then we try to come near with empathy where we have felt like we have been broken in similar areas. 
but it's trying to like if, if you come from a family that that your whole lineage has never known divorce and you are sitting with someone who has never known a family that has ever been together right you can have right. immense empathy right. but you do not understand what that life has looked like and the only thing that will open you compels towards eventual healing yes is that be love because the love lowers the guard to to react and to defend ourselves yeah because that's what I felt but 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 there is no but that has not been your world Danielle so listen yeah so learn yeah. so that you can have holy understanding so that you may really be changed by what matters the most to God and you know, Kyle mentioned how one time when we were when we were teaching, it was actually long enough ago where we were in the other room, and I remember just in the middle of having church, God dropped that concept on me of that our world would know and has known, but would definitely be knowing, compounded grief, mm. and it's experiencing grief upon grief upon grief, and the magnitude of compounded grief being on a person, the magnitude of compounded grief being on a person's life and this week he's been showing me um, cumulative weariness as well yes. there's a cumulative weariness that we are all carrying in different capacities and you add that to compounded grief and you have a fatigue that hits at a molecular yes, level correct. it yes. hits at every fiber yes. of our being because there's no capacity in us spiritually or hu in our humanity to cope and then I think about Jesus sitting by the well when he, when he in engages 4. in John 4, yeah. the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Yeah. And again, we have to remember, and then I'm going to step aside and let Kay go. But w Babe, before we get yeah, there, can I'm I just say, no, 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 no. I just want to say one thing just so that we even take it a, a, even in a bigger picture as well. Because I think you painted a really good picture. Uh, and it, something that hit me when you were saying it is that for those of us who walked in the church, for a really long time, who've been in the kingdom for a really long time, um, we take for granted the healing that's already in our lives and all the things like we didn't have to go through. Mm -hmm. Especially if you grew up in church, up, right? Yeah. In, in a healthy church, there's a lot you, you that that God's grace saved you from. Yeah. And and we we don't even necessarily understand the hurt and pain of people who are on the outside of the kingdom right now. So it's like of course not. so it's like yes. Oh, I know I'm a sinner. So and they're sinners too. No, but the, the grace has saved you from so much, and there's been so much healing. Yeah. And that's why we can't start from, a, oh, I'm a sinner too. No, no, we start from, how does God see love? Yes. How do I love? So I, I just, yes. I wanted to make sure that we, because yeah. that's le like Jesus with this woman. There's so many layers of the way that he, every mm -hmm. type of layer he sees in this. So yeah. it's not even just a man, woman, Jew, Gentile, saved, unsaved. It's, it's all of that in yeah. there. And when we see Jesus there, we have to remember that he was, he is fully God, but he's fully man. And it says he sat because he was tired. Yeah, so true, he's weird. So we, we, we always connect with the woman because we're always putting ourselves in the story about where the person received, how the person didn't have something and Jesus gave them something. Right. right? So we're always identifying with that person, with the one who needed the miracle. But let's identify for a moment with Jesus. And he was very weary. Jesus knew, Jesus knew an exhaustion that we will never come anywhere near knowing. Yes. For what he had to carry. What he knew and saw in his spirit 
the whole time that he was walking through this life also as a human. And he sat as a tired person. And yet here came yet another person that needed something from him. And I feel like we have that dynamic everywhere. Totally. And I know that I can feel that as a pastor. Uh, you can forget that people are people. Yep. And that's all. <laughs> and that's the sermon. Um, but... <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> people are people. We're done. Drop the mic. But because of that, you forget that you are extracting strength from other people. Yes. And in that engagement, Jesus had to make a decision. With compounded grief and cumulative weariness, what will I do? Mm. And the only thing, church, the only thing that could have given him capacity to minister to that woman was love. Love. Yep. And it wasn't like he had a plethora of love because you remember he's God. It's also... His humanity, yes. his full humanity, was coming up against that. And if we pretend he didn't have the capacity to turn someone away, then we negate the miracle of being fully God and fully Correct. man. Correct. Because it was chosen love. Yes. Church, it was chosen love. Good deal. And we are always all for receiving unconditional love, but we are we must become a people who are about chosen love. Yes. I choose to see you. I choose to turn my weary life right now into a seat for you yes. so that I have capacity to minister to what pains you even if I am in pain. And that's what I see happening here. It's what I saw Caesar do in yep. that story. Correct. And it's what I see people struggling with right now. But my pain, but my pain, but my situation, but my life, but my lack. And God says, yes, it's both and. Yes. I have created you with capacity if your source is love for both ends. God, Jesus never exampled anything. He did not give us the capacity to actually live out. That's what we need to write. Like when we look at these things, we're like, because that's the excuse I hear all the time. Do you? Well, that's just Jesus. Right. No, 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 no. There's not anything, church, there's nothing yes. that Jesus exampled to us that he through his spirit does not give us the capacity to live out in reality. So that means everything. Because we are Pentecostal. We are charismatic. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So, yup, if we're going to believe that God gave us the ability to heal blind eyes and heal yeah. cancer and see people uh, uh, pray in the Spirit and all those things, which we believe, then we have to believe also, if we are weary, that He gives us the supernatural ability <laughs> to love the way that He loved. And we can't have one without the other. It's both. And I love that's what Jesus did. I love that's what Paul's exampling here. Pa Paul's in prison. Like, we're like, you want to talk mm -hmm. about being in pain? He's in prison, in the prison of the most crazy Caesar of all time, Nero, who was setting people on fire to light up. He was taking Christians out of jail, putting them on poles, setting them on fire to light up his parties at night. This dude was nuts. Paul is in that situation. And he goes, I, I, I'm going to take some time to make sure... The people in Philippi know yeah. the love that God has for them and I have for them. Yeah. The, how powerful is that? I love that he wants to let them know that they have his attention, yeah. that they have all of his affection. Yeah. I love that he calls, and you don't ever talk about this, he calls God as a witness. He says, I call God to be my witness. He doesn't say, I call God to witness my love, right? Hey, God, 
Check out what I'm doing. He says, I wanna, I'm calling God to testify about how I have been loving, how I have been living this life of love out into my... Well, what? He calls God, like that. I, I, he's calling God to testify. If you've been watching the 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 Derek uh, uh, Chauvin trial, you know the power of uh, a witness, right? The, the witnesses who came and are giving testimony about what they saw, what they testified to. Um, the video is a is a is a witness mm -hmm. of truth. He Paul says, "I'm calling God to be my witness of." actual love in the community that word witness there by the way is the word martyr the greek word martyr it means that i will acclaim this truth even if it costs me my life i will i will acclaim this truth even if it costs me that's when you know my life that's when you know that you love because god who knows all things you know you can't do that with any haughty part Correct. of you you have to do that with such humility that tells you that this is how i have traversed with someone i 100%. truly love them well, it's the same person who writes, if I, I do all these miracles and don't have love, what do I have? Yeah, I have nothing, right? right? And I think before we even go any further, just so we take this into ourselves, not kind of look at it generically, but really personally, when I wrestled with that, I said, man, could I, would I even call God as a witness to the love that I have for him, mm -hmm. for his bride, for the people he's put in my world? And, and maybe this morning, just maybe we wrestle with that question, mm -hmm. not in condemnation, but in true reflection. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been wrestling with that this week, just all of these things that are in my life, because as you said, D, and as Paul says, love's got to be evidenced. Mm -hmm. it, it's not conceptual, it's actual. Um, and, and I think the church has done, and the American church has done a great job of conceptualizing the, the, the love of God. And we're helping people to understand they are loved by God, but we are not helping them understand uh, or, or, or experience what it means to be loved by God's people and what it means to actually live in a loved environment. Paul says love's got to be evidence. It comes from this overflow. That Greek word that you were talking about uh, that says overflow is, is the Greek word for excess, uh, uh, super abundance, mm -hmm. right? It's the same word that's used in, when, in Romans 5.20 where the, the Bible says where sin abounds, right. grace Hyperabounds, superabounds. It means grace is limitless. Thank God. Somebody say thank God. Right? It means limitless. It comes from this over limited, limitless overflow. But 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 it doesn't come from logic. It doesn't come from rationale. Like yeah. let me rationalize how I can do this. It actually comes as an overflow of our affection that we have with Jesus and from Jesus. This constant overflow that comes. And that's why this, this, this connection, this real connection to Jesus is so important. Psalm 23 says he's my shepherd. Um, and be, out of that connection comes this, my cup overflows. Yeah. And we're trying to love people because it's our duty rather than loving from this place of being loved, loving Jesus, allowing that overflow to come and actually be evidenced. And, and that's what I, what, what I love about this moment that you mentioned with this woman at the well is that Jesus created a seat for her. By seeing her. Yeah. He saw her. Right. <laughs> he saw her. The value of her. He saw what his culture and his upbringing would have devalued and would have excused away. Because in his culture and his upbringing, she was a half-breed. She was unclean. She was a pagan. She was not even to be considered, to be looked at. She was considered just about like a dog. Look, he didn't see what his upbringing had told him. He saw the value of her. 
And by seeing her, he created a seat for her. He created a seat by her by recognizing her need. Not, not, justifying, not justifying her actions or even justifying people's responses to her actions, right? Because that's easy. Can you imagine? Can you, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine what that Instagram photo, the comments under that Instagram photo, Jesus with that kind of woman at the well would have gotten? Like those comments would have been like, man, I mean, it's, if she would have just handled her own business, if she would have been shacking up, if, if she wouldn't have been such a mess, Je Jesus recognized, created a seat by recognizing her need, not justifying her need, but in the midst of it simply brought hope and grace and love. He was interest, more interested in her healing, in healing her than in blaming her. Hmm. He was more interested in healing her than in blaming her. And he ultimately, my friends, he, he creates a seat by using his own reputation as collateral. That's right. Let me, let, let me say that That's again, right. just so we grab a hold of this. He created a seat by her, for her by using his own reputation, what other people thought about him, what other people were going to say as his, as the collateral, as the down payment for her healing, he said, man, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I am willing to use my reputation as collateral for her healing. And throughout the Bible, we can see this is Jesus' response time and time again. He uses his own reputation as collateral for people's healing. From the exampling of, of hugging a leper, to calling the woman with an issue of blood his daughter, to, to, to allowing the unclean woman to come and pure, pour water, pour perfume on his feet, to going to a tax collector, Zacchaeus' house, and having dinner time and time again he uses his own reputation as collateral for their healing because he's more interested in people's healing than he is in blaming people for the situation they find themselves in they find themselves in that situation because like all of us we're broken and live in a broken world and so he doesn't blame them he simply brings hope love and grace in the midst of it and uses his own reputation i was encouraged by another story this week I, God, God uses sometimes sports stories to encourage me, but I, was, uh, I read about a race that happened, a marathon that happened in, in, in uh, 2012 in uh, Navarre, Spain. And it was coming to the end of this marathon, babe, and, and there was a Kenyan runner who was out in front, and he was, and he was going to win. And because he didn't speak Spanish, he, he got confused by the signs, right? And he yeah. thought that he had already finished the finish line. So he just stopped running. And the, the guy who was in second place behind him was Spanish, uh, Ivan uh, uh, Fernandez, and he kept calling to him, no, keep running, keep running. And because he didn't understand Spanish, right, he, he didn't understand. So when Ivan got to him, he didn't pass him. He actually started pushing him. He started pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, until he pushed him across the finish line. And a reporter, a Spanish reporter, comes up to Ivan at the end, and he goes, what did you do? You could have won this race. Why would you do that? Listen to what he said. This... I was, this is what he said, but what would, what would be the merit of my victory if I had done that? What would be the honor of that medal? My dream is that someday we can be a kind of community life where we push and help each other to win. What? Is that what the church is supposed to be? Where it's not about where we cross over the finish line first, where we are pushing and helping other people to win? 
Like that's what James is. That's what, that's what Paul's saying here. That's what James is saying in James chapter 2.20 where it says faith without works is dead. The whole book of James is not just about works. He's saying, look, if you have real faith, real faith is personal and communal. It's not one or the other. You can't just be me and Jesus without actually living it out. And it's not social gospel, just living out for others and not having it changed inside of you. It is absolutely true faith is experiencing the love of God for yourself and making the love of God known to community. That's what faith really looks like. And the truth is, my friends, Jesus entered into her world. He entered in, the Bible says he entered into Samaria. He went to where she was. He entered into her world to change her experience with God, to change her experience with a Jewish world, with who he was, the culture he came from, to change it because his culture had hurt her. He went in to change her disappointment and ease her pain. He was willing to enter her world. And can I, can I yeah, yeah, please. I really feel like I'm supposed to say something and, and I, I won't keep I won't interrupt again but I've, no, I've, I've interrupt. been like don't not say this Danielle I'm hearing so the Samaritan woman and we don't have time to go into it but she, because she was a Samaritan woman Correct. she was looked down upon yes so when Kyle was talking about um, you know Jesus going and and, and and ministering to her and loving her it's really important that we don't see everyone that we're going to minister to as a Samaritan woman. Correct. As if she was actually less than. Yes. And the reason that I say that is because, um, especially if we're talking about uh, racially situ racial situations, right? We, c we are not to, we have a world right now telling us that there's white strength um, that is more important than black strength. And so there is this narrative that is talking, and I'm not just talking about black and white, but just hear me for the yeah, moment. Yeah, using that as We're an example. We're talking about yeah. the culture situation Correct. right now. And then it's as if the white person with their strength is going to find the black person and bring them along in their strength. The reason that Jesus found value in her is because he had already determined, because he was going to die for her, that her value was priceless. Yes, correct. It wasn't like in spite of her. He was loving her. Correct. Because she was so messed up. Because she was yeah, so yeah, messed up. Yeah, yeah. Even or because she was yeah. this and that and the other thing. She yep. was as valuable yep. to him as a Jewish man. Yes. Because he, his death, had made her valuable. Yes. Because his death had made a Jewish man valuable. Yes. Because of what he had done, they had equal value, even if in the culture it didn't have, have it that. didn't read That's that. Correct. Correct. So we are not to go into different cultures and be like, oh, let me come and just despite whatever the fill in the blank is, but economic, whatever correct. you see it as, whatever you see as someone that doesn't have as great of a strength as us. Yes. It is not the ground is level, level. at the foot of the cross. So that is why I, I, I say it with such fervorness because it also, all of a sudden it becomes charitable. Yeah, correct. Yes, And correct. Jesus correct. wasn't offering her correct. charity. He was offering her love. Uh, and, and indeed, the reality is, and I'm really glad you said, the reality is we will never actually correctly see ourselves yes. or correctly see other people if we don't actually see it through the abundance of love wow. first. That's the filter. Because Paul says here that the way to discern 
all things. Mm -hmm. Discern all things first starts with love. And and that's usually not our filter, let's be honest. Right. And and really I think the issue is and you've been I've been talking about this since 2007, the, the birth of the digital age, right? Uh, that's actually when the iPhone was released into the world. Um, uh, we, we've allowed the web to kind of determine our truths. Wikipedia, social media, political agendas, right? Um, uh, push notifications. And although we have more information at our fingertips than ever in history, studies actually show that we are decreasing in our ability to actually process truth. Even though we have more information, right? process truth. Why? Because we are being, we are learning to learn by being, uh, learning by what's being fed to us rather than mm -hmm. by being, learning how to process truth. Mm -hmm. I saw a statistic that scared me the other day that the average cell phone user touches their cell phone 2,617 times a day. 2,600. First of all, in this, yeah. right? Yuck. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but I wonder how, how much did we, did we touch the word? that day? How much do we touch the love of Jesus, touch others with the love of Jesus that day? But the reason that I, I bring that up is because that's the filters that we're trying to navigate uh, discerning our responses to people in. Paul says, to approve all things as excellent, it needs to start with love. That Greek word to approve actually means to detect what is counterfeit. We will never be able to detect what is counterfeit inside of us until we actually start to filter, change the filter of the way we determine what's inside of us and what's around us right, right. Uh, uh, through the filter of truth and love. Yeah. And, I, and I know sometimes we're like, oh, but, but truth, I know, but truth only exists in love. John 1, 17, grace and truth came in Jesus. Jesus is love, right? John, uh, Peter, uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 15, I speak the truth in love. Love only, uh, truth only exists inside of love. I, I wrote a post this week, when, oh Lord, when. And one of those things for me that I was reflecting on is this. When, oh Lord, when will I stop allowing my love, the, uh, allowing my love for this country to taint the way I really love the people of this country? I love this country. I was raised to love it. I was raised to honor it. I was raised to believe in it. But man, there are things in that that keep me from loving the people of this country. And it helps, it taints the way that I say, yeah, but if they would just, if, 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 if people would just come in legally, it shouldn't change the way I love them. If people would just comply, should not change the way I love them. If people would just, because everything that people should just, I should have done. And I didn't do when it came to God and his love for me is poured out time and time again. My, my friends, we've got to, I've got to allow love to become the filter. Love to become the filter. That helps me to discern, to see the counterfeit inside of me. Do you know in the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd murder, it all started with handling a counterfeit situation poorly and it ended in death because when we had a counterfeit situation poorly, ego gets involved, flesh get, got involved, humanity got involved, because love did not determine the response. And I have to ask myself through the filter of love, what, still, what, count, what, what counterfeits still exist inside of me when it comes 
with my love towards other people? What still is counterfeit inside of me? What have I excused away, right. rationalized, allowed my upbringing to justify? Because Jesus didn't do any of that. He could have. He didn't. What still, what counterfeit still exists in me when I look at the love, my love that I actually have towards God? What have I allowed my Bible understanding, my good works, my things that I've stopped doing, the right. kindness that I show as a counterfeit to what love should actually look like to God? Paul says in Galatians 5, and we're going to end with just this. But he said in Galatians 5, 13, For you and I have been called to live in this freedom of Jesus. But we cannot use this freedom to satisfy our sinful, selfish, self-focused nature. Instead, we use our, our freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. When we create a seat in our marriage, for our kids, in our workplace, for people who don't come from the same cultural background or experience as we do, just like the woman at the well, we can change the way they walk away from that well. They may have come to that well broken, but they can leave whole they could leave disillusioned like she did as she could they can come disillusioned like she could, she did disenchanted but they can leave full of hope and not because we're the fixer right. not because we're the white knight riding in to save the day but because we get out of the way and show them the real love of Jesus Christ and allow the love the seat that he created for us to become the platform, the seat that we create for others. And in so doing, our lives, our world can be changed. That's what Jesus did and that's what his bride is made for. Our prayer is maybe you are the woman at the well today. I want you to know Jesus sees you. He recognizes your situation. And he has paid with his life. He used his life as a down payment for your healing. And all you need to do, just like her, is to recognize who he is. And to say, that's the one I want to follow. And in just a minute, I'm going to pray with you because I'm going to give you that opportunity to come and have a, a contact with that love today that will change you. Put you on that path to heal, hope. But connect church. As we keep talking about coming back, this is the church we're coming back to be. Amen. This church. Yeah. Yeah. White, black, Hispanic, Asian, good, bad, clean, unclean, right, wrong, Democrat, Republican, Tea Party, I don't care. We're coming together to do one thing, 
to experience the love of Jesus, to make that love known back to him and to the community around us. So I'm saying to you today, Dee and I, we are committed to helping people take a seat. If that's you today, if you're here today and can just say, man, I could, I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I, I want to rest on him today. We just pray with this prayer with me today because he created a seat with his life on that cross so that your life could be made whole. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus here, I am today. here I am today. I've come to surrender my life. I've come to, surrender my life. I've come to accept your love. I've come to accept your love. I give you my life, I give you my life. fully and freely. Fully and freely. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my Lord and Savior of my life. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for making me your child. Thank you for making me your child. From this day forward. From this day. Forward, and forevermore. And forevermore. I choose. I choose to live. To live full on for you. Full on for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are partying right now. That's right. That's right. That's good news. It is Um, finished. And we have something that we would love to send your way. Um, I know that, you know, we only have a certain amount of time with you uh, on Sunday mornings to uh, really expose the gospel to you. But we have two beautiful resources that we would love to send to you for free. Um, that truly explain the depth and the beauty of giving your life over to Jesus. Absolutely. And uh, they're both written uh, by Pastor Rick Campana, who is a pastor in our church. He also happens to be my dad. And the first book that we'd love to give to you to help you understand what that means and then what life can look like. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. And this is something that we'd love to send to you for free of charge. Give your name and your mailing address to the link provided, and we'll get that out to you this week. And another thing that we have for you that's brand new, super exciting. Love it. Kickoff week. It's kickoff week. It's called Letters to a Gen Zer. And I love that it's called, the subtitle is. I'm a little jealous. I'm not Gen Zer. I know. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on. Why Your Fears Deserve an Answer. It's a brilliant book. And it's a book that he wrote to help uh, people in this generation understand the love of God the salvation of God, and a new life in God. And this is also something that we would love to send to you. If you are a Gen Z or you have a Gen Z in your life that you would love, it's very approachable yeah. and it's Bro. very loving and it's just... Uh, Rick's a great storyteller. He's a very good he's storyteller. He's a phenomenal storyteller. So again, send your name and your mailing address to the links provided and we will get that out to you. Absolutely. And guys, hey, look, to continue to, to be able to do those kind of things and continue to do what we do with outreaching and, and uh, feeding people and loving on people, people um it requires it it, it, it's a result of your giving your giving actually makes a difference every week and uh you know we give uh these books out at our uh, thy kingdom crumb uh food truck events that we do in partnership with uh carson wentz's a1 foundation and and we every week the food is going out lives are being changed people are getting saved People are coming to the building, like in the midst of everything as well, uh, just kind of rolling up, and it, things are happening. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the building's not open, and things are happening, mm-hmm. um, and it's because you guys are giving. Uh, your giving makes a difference, yes. and 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 so I want to continue to encourage you, please, uh, as an act of worship, because that's really what the 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 your giving does. Um, it's worship the Lord 
with the first fruits of your your harvest. That's actually what what uh, giving and tithing actually is. It's a it's an act of worship, and when we worship with our giving, um, it actually releases just this this amazing blessing into our community. Um, and so thank you for letting us helping us do that. And you can give by there's Linktree apps there. Uh, you, there's lots of different ways that you can give, but thank you thank for you being church. faithful church. Thank you for being faithful during this time that yes. we've been in the studio online to continue to give because it is, like I say, making a difference. We are close. We are getting closer. Uh, this week we had Steve Smith. He crafted the cross yes. for our church. Crazy that beautiful. That is uh, over top the platform. It is. It was a huge labor of love. The whole family sewed into yes, that. Yes, As you know, when one person does something, that's there's right. time that's given up by the rest of the family. And he brought that to the church. And we, I shouldn't say we, because I watched y'all. <laughs> this thing is heavy. Yeah, baby, it's heavy. And uh, we hung it this week. Yep. Uh, and, and so many people came. In the church. The, and so many people came yep. to um, continue to help build the furniture. Thank you so much. It's set things set, set up. Set things up. The sanctuary the kids is rooms. very much yeah. like getting there. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who missed last week, uh, I just want to do one more thing because I, for me, it always helps to see the other hands that are joining in. And again, they're probably going to punch me in the nose, but <laughs> um, Pastors Ron and Irene, they so did thankful. something beautiful for us, church. Beautiful beyond measure. They they gifted our whole church an HVAC system that I'm yeah. not even going to try to attempt to explain, but it is a system that got installed um, in all of the new renovated building, and it is to clean our air and to keep us healthy. I mean, healthy. it's such an and incredibly it's, high it's level. Like, level. It's stuff. next level. It, it's next level it is, stuff. It is above what any, uh, right now, um, legislation is asking for, for restaurants, even theaters. In the future. And even in the future. It's like... The only thing next up would be if we were like a we guidelines about, like, for a laboratory. La yeah, guidelines for a laboratory. So, so anyway, th just all, all of that those things matter. Amazing. Whether you're helping to build a piece of furniture, whether you're helping to craft a cross, whether you're helping to keep us 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 healthy, Absolutely. it all matters. We Absolutely. talked today about cumulative weariness, but there is something to be said about cumulative uh, strength. Strength, yeah. but also just like shoulder to shoulder giving. Yep in any way, shape, or form. So thank you, church. And look, if you have been on the worship team or are hoping to be on the worship team, pick up your instruments because sooner or later, soon, um, we're going to, we're going to, <laughs> I won't be up there. I can promise you that. Uh, but I'm hoping that if you're gifted, uh, you will be. So, hey guys, look, uh, can I invite you to join me um, on Wednesday night at seven o'clock for chat room? Um, we, we, we are just continually on Wednesday nights to dive deeper into the who God, who is yeah. people, who theologically, how to build strength and a strong foundation to know why we believe what we believe. And throughout the week, we've got men's uh, discipleship groups called Forge, women's discipleship groups called Shoulder to Shoulder. And I already watched Pastor Irene. Is, she's the one teaching us this week. And there's just Irene just has a way know, about her that you're like, Okay, uh, I'll change. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she does. Uh, okay. I, just, I was like, you're right. And, yeah. and she's not even trying. It's just yeah. like the, the peace of God that rests on her as she teaches gets to me every totally. time. It is so that ladies, way. we have something. And it's beautifully uh, connected to what we shared this morning I, I just know. by coincidence. Yeah. So thank you, church, for we still love soldiering you on. So we love much. you so much. We're one week closer. Yes, Go we're one week closer, baby. We'll see you soon. We God love bless you. you. Love you,